Welcome to The Pursuit of Purpose, a podcast made possible by Skylife Success, a SkyPass group company. Join Krish Dunham, an author and speaker whose messaging has been described as the junction where God's ability and man's availability meet hope's accessibility. Greetings, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Pursuit of Purpose. We hope your new year so far has been good and that you've actually managed to keep your resolutions. On a lighter note, someone sent me a meme of an organization or one of those fast food franchise places that had a sign out talking about their inception, advertising something that was probably on the guilty pleasure side with the slogan, we have been successfully helping you break your resolution since 1962. Well, that's all tongue in cheek. And uh, this year, as we want to engage with you in a deeper, more fervent way, I want to bring you the concept of pride and humility. Now, it has been said that false pride is vanity and uh, vanity is the bad kind of pride. But there is a healthy pride, a pride that comes in realizing who you are and whose you are, and whether you can walk tall and stand proud and and have a swagger in this life because of what flows within you, what comes to you, and what is expected to course through you. But before we get into the whole concept of pride and humility, And again, I'm going through some deeper thoughts of Andrew Murray right now. And uh, here was a man who was scriptural in nature, and he just uh, basically gave doses of scripture and very simple commentaries so that he could be in tune with God. Murray's take, and uh, this is probably humanity's take, is that pride came with Adam, but humility came with Christ, the second Adam. So the pride that came with Adam was wanting to be like God. And they say that the only thing that God does not ever forgive is the pride that we have, that we are somehow bigger. Chesterton wrote about it uh, in his book, The Abolition of Man, and others have talked about it since. But what we have is when we look at our own humanity, there is a part of our existence that begins to delve into what is actually quasi-annoying to others. And that is feeling that you are the greatest. Now, as a social commentator, as someone who has asked questions and uh, is ready to provide answers, I may be guilty of the same kind of arrogance where I somehow believe that just because of my reading and my research and my study, I somehow have a greater grasp of humanity and human behavior than others. And I would like to apologize if I've ever come across that way. But I try to actually uh, justify for my own self that there are moments when I catch myself trying to pursue things which can be considered arrogant to those around you, and those are deeply in the ambition of myself. And this self-ambition to want to be relevant creates a false pride, a vanity that Solomon said is vanity of vanities. It's fleeting. It's chasing after the wind. So when you go back to taking Murray's comments and looking at these two words, pride and humility, I would hearken to add that a healthy pride, a God-given pride, realizing that we are made in his identity, created for his purpose, uh, given a heart for his to, uh, to uh, foster adoration towards him, 
A healthy self-pride does help us stem the tide of what we see as increasing arrogance in this world. There is an aberration, there is an abhorrence towards God's word, and people are almost agitated when they see that you come with the joy, and the pride that you bring with that joy is not a false pride that comes out of vanity, but a healthy self-pride that is uh, fostered because of the indwelling. Uh, Philippians says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. The arrogance of that statement would be assuming I could rob a bank because Christ will strengthen me or I could go mug someone because Christ would strengthen me. That's ridiculous. But I can do all things through him who strengthens me, which means God in this, in his infinite wisdom, in the sending of his son to inhabit this earth, to give you the spirit as an indwelling counselor who will never leave you, is that healthy pride, that healthy pride that allows us to say, I can do all things. Now, all things meaning the things that are moral, the things that are sound, and it would be egregious of ourselves to go and do that which is unsavory. There are many people in their behavior who said that, you know, if he's a God of love, why would he hate? The question is, if you understand love and hate and you begin to believe that something in this world is hating you, then God has been removed from the picture because your anger is towards the people who are hating. God is not hating you. God is a God of love. But God is a God of free will, which means he will not stop you from doing something which you think is in your own better interest. Because in that moving away from God, one thing you realize in all the stories I've ever heard of people who turned and came back, God never moves. So having a healthy self-pride of saying, I'm able to do all things through him who strengthens me is the things that we need to do that are justifiable. But pride was that greatest sin. Pride was what caused Satan's fall. Pride was when uh, Eve in the, in the garden was told that, what, you, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid of uh, the fact that uh, you, you will become like him? Uh, you know, whatever the conversation was, it was like the very nature of human existence is to listen to the voices of allure rather than the voices of authority. So for the ambition of man to have a healthy self-pride, we have to, and it has to always cede to the authority of God. Therein and therein only is the answer where that healthy self-pride can also manifest itself into a humility. Now that may seem a contradiction in terms, but hear me out. If you have a healthy self-pride because you can do all things through him who strengthens you, then the humility you bring is part of that healthy pride. Saying to yourself, I am not bigger than you. I am not above you. My servant leadership means I'm going to bend at the waist so I don't see the face of those I'm serving, just their feet. My Lord himself washed the feet of those that he called to be his disciples. So if I'm looking at your feet, I am not becoming subservient, but I'm actually participating in the greatest thing I can participate in. But in that act of profound humility, in that act of profound visible subservience, you will be able to see over me and see the Jesus who sent me. So this pride that we have that is healthy, immediately and urgently and fervently will manifest and has to manifest into a profound humility. So you are not greater because you know him, but you are great because of him who dwells within you. And in that greatness, you can participate in something that is considered meekness and weakness by others. But in your participation, you know, you're not doing it from weakness because of who fuels you. 
So people have often asked me the question, how do you always uh, make light of the fact that what you have as a talent is, is marginal and all of that? I said, talent is from God. Strength is man manifested. And most people will go to their grave with their finest talent still within them because they hung around in the wrong circle. To this end, uh, yesterday, for example, I was privileged enough to complete uh, my 60th uh, year on earth. And many people called me and said, what are your celebrations for today? Now, I did it tongue in cheek because we are quasi boring people in our own lives. But I remember the words of my mentor, Mr. Ziegler, saying, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't chew, and we try not to hang out with people who do. And uh, as much as that is fun, I know other people who are drinking and don't, don't take this the wrong way. But people thought for my birthday, I would go out and have some grand celebration because somehow miraculously I passed 60 and that's a rite of passage. I have passed 60, but I'm grateful that for the years I put on the road and the amount of strain I've put on this body, it is God's gift within me that allowed me to have those many, many million miles of sacrifice, those many hours of loneliness away from my bride. So yesterday we just quietly went to the doctor's office and gave them cookies and I jokingly said these thank you for keeping me alive. I went to the church and gave them some cookies and said thank you for praying for me so that I continue to live. And then came to the office and gave them cookies and saying thank you for paying me while I'm alive. And I just did that tongue in cheek of course my usual style and then my bride and I just went to a small quasi Indian restaurant or an Indo-Pakistani restaurant that I like. We sat down there, ordered a whole mess of food, took a whole bunch of it back home. But as I sat there looking at her, realizing that this August I will have known her 40 years, it was through her mother's fervent prayer that I came to the foot of the cross. I was an arrogant and a haughty man when I married her. And by haughty, I don't mean H-O-T-T-I-E, I mean H-A-U-G-H-T-Y. I had false pride. I had vanity. I had conceit. I had a belief that I was superior because I had married her and I was going to achieve great things because of, through her I got to come to the West. But there was a casual breaking in this process and that breaking takes place in a manifest physical way. Slowly things don't turn out the way you intended. Slowly your plans fall by the wayside. Slowly the ones you love turn on you and uh, you face some kind of betrayal. And then you begin to realize none of this had anything to do with you. It had to do with the world in which you participated in a world you thought you conquered because you had the goods. Uh, so being the number one salesperson and getting an award and then being celebrated for it and posting it on social media obviously didn't translate itself to, uh, you know, blissfully sleep uh, filled nights and uh, no restlessness in the morn. But as I grew older, I began to realize that there is something called false pride that you need to let go of. But you can't let go of pride because pride is what God gives you for his dwelling in you, having pride in him, being able to see everything through him. So when I sat across my bride in that restaurant and I looked at the 36 uh, odd years of marriage, 36 next this February, I looked and I thought to myself, I love her more now than I've ever loved her because I'm able to love her through his eyes. We don't see that what age has taken away. We don't see what the physical has now uh, kind of taken a backseat to. We don't see what the world wants us to see. We don't see the clothes we have to buy or the cars we have to drive or the houses we have to live in. We look at each other and say, you know what? This is what matters. This is actually what God intended. 
that a man would, uh, a woman would leave and a man would leave and together they would cleave and then they would weave or whichever way you want that, that thing to work. So today is just a very brief look into this thing called pride and humility. Uh, Fred Smith said, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking less often of yourself. Nowhere has it been said you have to be a doormat to anybody. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But in this year, as you plan your goals to reach lofty heights, as you plan your dreams to climb, to go to impossible and improbable frontiers, when you look at all of the advances you want to make for your corporation, as you look for all what you want to do to increase your bank account, ask yourself, of the 8.2 plus billion people on planet Earth, is there something unique about you? Is that uniqueness because of something you bring or is it because of a God-given knowledge that you manifested into wisdom because you had a healthy self-pride being able to articulate to yourself, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. All moral things, all glorious things, all nice things, all legacy things, all, all uh, worthy things, things that will last long after you do. That's why Spurgeon said, make sure your name is not written in marble, but it's written on people's hearts. So of all the wishes I got yesterday, the ones that really captivated me were someone who said, you've made an impact on my life. Total stranger. I wouldn't know him if he passed me in the street, but somewhere on social media or through a myriad of ways, he has hung on to the words we have said. So as we articulate this, as we move forward, as we grow together, there are a couple of things I want to offer you as a resource. One of the things is uh, go to krishdunham.com, krishdunham.com, and we have built a new success academy there. And that success academy actually has a look into career through this lens of God. Everything we have offered there initially in sales, soon in goals, then in customer service and communication, will have this godly lens of humility and pride as the anchors giving you the skills to have a healthy self-pride and then giving you the will to have that humility so that with the will of the skill of pride and the will of humility, you become an unstoppable 24-hour champion. We will share more with you about the Success Academy and different ways in which you can engage. But our plan right now is to make sure it's available in every country within the confines of that. Right now, the open communication is in the United States currency. But if you have an interest in your own country and you feel that you, there's enough traction there, let us know and we may try to create those parameters for you to engage with us within the confines of what you can afford and how best you can afford it. But this is life's learning. This is a lifelong trek to try to amass things and we hope you will continue to track with us, share these podcasts. But as we sign off today, ask yourself, are you constantly and fervently working towards having a healthy self-pride because of what you can do because of him who lives within you? And that naturally manifesting itself into a humility where you bend so that when they look over you, they see the one who sent you. We hope you'll practice this. We hope you will get away from the arrogance of man and the total pure ambition of man that is just manly. But look at the ambition of man through the authority of God and therein you might have the answer of life. Until next time, good luck, God bless, and we'll see you on the next recording. Bye-bye.
that concludes another episode of The Pursuit of Purpose with Krish Dunham brought to you by Skylife Success. Please subscribe, rate, and visit us on the web at krishdunham.com and skylifesuccess.com where you can find our social media links and access to additional resources. Till next time, happy learning and happy living. Thank you.